The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. Season 16, April, uh, I'm sorry, season 16, episode number seven. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from our homes, uh, not the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Hopefully at some point in the near future, we will be back. But we're all at our homes. We are ready to talk with you guys about some Cowboys football. We're going to get into the NFL draft. It was an interesting weekend for the Cowboys. Uh, Hear what these guys have to say about uh, the Cowboys and how they uh, did this weekend in the draft. Uh, we're going to dive deep into a lot of the different positions that were affected, particularly the cornerback position where there's been a lot of change here over the last several days. And uh, excited to be joined by my normal crew, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, Nick Eatman. How are you guys doing today? Good, awesome. Derek. Hey, Derek. I'm great. Awesome. Good, good. Glad you guys survived draft weekend. It was a, a busy weekend. We had a lot going on. And I'll open the show by asking each of you guys to... Uh, Give me, just, I guess, answer this one question. Fill in this blank for me. The Cowboys draft was blank. I'm going to start with you, Miss Garcia. Espectacular. Nice. Espectacular. No, I I thought it was so great. Honestly, I had my doubts as to how the whole process was going to be like. You know, I really thought it was going to be a mess, but no. And after they drafted that first round, or I know we're going to get into it, but... The the more we got through it, the better it got, if that makes sense. You know, like, I, they did not disappoint me one bit. Nick? I mean, it was just, it, there's quality, I, I would say. They, they got quality on in their, uh, from top to bottom. Um, you know, right now, everybody thinks they had a great draft. But, but you know, if, if they did their board correctly, then they did have a great draft. I mean, obviously... Uh, they have a confidence in the scouts, but um, I thought, like she said, I thought when she drafted C.D. Lamb, it was hard to mess it up after that. It really, I don't know if you could have messed it up, and they didn't. They kept getting value picks, so they, they were true to their board. I thought that was really good. Hellman. It was exciting. It was so exciting. Um, I I don't like, I don't want to give out draft grades. I hesitate to like say it's amazing draft class right now. I think it's kind of ironic uh, the 2016 class that was so amazing, people were kind of on the fence about it at the time. I mean, it's easy to forget that a lot of people hated the Jalen Smith pick. So it makes me feel weird that everybody is convinced how good this draft class is because I'm just a pessimist by nature. But without having <laughs> seen anybody actually play football, it's a very exciting draft class. I feel really good about uh, what they were able to accomplish. All right, so we're going to dive in. We're going to go pick by pick. I have some questions for you guys regarding each of these players. Uh, let's start with the first pick, C.D. Lamb. Cowboys draft him at, as the first round, number 17 overall. I said before the draft, I really was hoping if one of the top two wide receivers, and I didn't even put the top guy that was drafted at the wide receiver position, Henry Ruggs, I didn't even list him in that group. But if I said if Judy or if Lamb fell to the Cowboys, I would love for them to take him. 
by it happens, CeeDee Lamb drops to them at number 17. So my question for you guys is, how did a guy so highly ranked, according to most people's draft boards, get to the Cowboys at 17? Great freaking question. Honestly, I I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, because I do. Th- I think he is the most well-rounded wide receiver in this class. I'm not just saying that because the Cowboys picked him. You know, we talked about it before we came on the air. Like, Ruggs was the speed guy. Judy was the route guy. Lamb has all of that. And he's dynamic with the ball in his hands to boot. Um, if you're looking for an actual answer, I think it's probably the amount of really good tackles in this class on top of quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, you had three quarterbacks go in the top ten. And then I'm counting it right now. I think there were, yeah, there were four offensive tackles that were drafted before the Cowboys picked. Um, a lot of need at the position and a lot of quality there. I think that helped push receivers down the board. That would be my scientific answer. I mean, obviously, teams just have their, you know, their opinions. I think Dave said it best. I mean, the offensive tackles and the quarterbacks are premium positions as well. Um, you know, I. There may not have been a, a strong need for other teams at receivers. It just it just was a deep draft all the way around. So I think the Cowboys, as Jerry said uh, a couple of days before the draft, you know I really like the spot we're in because they knew they were going to get a good player. And and I believe when they were able to pick at 17, there was five or six players with first round grades still on their board. So they were sitting good there, but I, they just couldn't pass up Lamb, who was rated you know higher than than most uh, on their board. You know what was interesting to me, and and this draft is completely different for me because I'm following a completely different way than I've done in the past because I'm somehow more invested into it this time that I understand it all better. But this time that I paid more attention to all the positions and knew more about the players, I felt like there weren't many like flashy positions that were being drafted in uh, before the Cowboys, you know, like usually you see those flash flashy position like quarterback, wide receiver, um the the you know, tackle are, do they usually draft a lot of linemen? I mean, at the top of each draft? If they're available, they do, but it's rare to see so many with that high of a grade. Uh to have to have four that are worth picking in the top 15 is is usually pretty rare. Well, that, w- that was the thing. Like, to me, when I was keeping up with it, I was just like, geez, I'm writing so many T's on my piece of paper. You know, defensive tackles and then <laughs> tackles. So, uh, to me, that was kind of just surprising. I definitely did not expect it to go down that way. And clearly, neither did the Cowboys. Because you can tell after that during that press conference how surprised everyone was as to this guy following to their hands at that point at the number 17. There was a ton of conversation among the Cowboys brass before the pick was made between Calevon Chason, who was the defensive end from LSU, um, and then obviously uh, Jerry, I'm sorry, uh, C.D. Lamb at wide receiver. Do you think they made the right decision going with the wide receiver over the defensive end? Yes. 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 You're getting two. You're getting two players for one here because you're just watching. We're okay. We're starting to see the same plays here, but I mean the punt returns and the receiver. You got you got punt returner. You got a receiver. Two needs for this team, and I think he steps right in and plays. I think I think the third receiver plays more than the third defensive end. 
or fourth or fifth. I mean, who knows if he where he's going to rank in there? I think this was a better uh, pick for him. I, I mean, I mean, CD Lamb is is ready to go. I don't want to put too much too much expectation on a rookie, but uh, you're not drafting. Yeah, you're not drafting this guy to sit. He's going to step right in and play. He was the sixth player on the Cowboys board. He's a consensus top ten player in terms of overall talent. I think the world of Caleb on Chase on, but there's no denying the boomer bust potential. Um, he's he's a tweener. Uh, he's got great athleticism. He needs to work on his strength and size. There's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to translate to the NFL. Any player can bust, but I will be shocked if CeeDee Lamb busts. Uh, it's just, you know, best player available. I, I don't think it was even close. And if you go back and listen to our draft show broadcast, I was stressed that they were going to go with need over best player available. I was very uh, relieved and excited when they didn't. Obviously, a third wide receiver in today's NFL um, is by no means a uh, just a luxury. It is a guy that is essentially a starter because of how much teams are playing 11 personnel. But that all being said, with a guy like C.D. Lamb, who's as highly touted as he is, the expectation that he's probably going to be a starter, I would guess. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. How do you think this affects Michael Gallup and the amount of playing time that he gets and uh, continues in his development? Because we've seen some really good things from him as well over his first couple of years in the league. I don't think he's starting over Gallup. I, I think he's the third receiver. I think he's a, a punt returner. And, you know, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. But they're not going to come out and just say who's the starter. They, they, they might just put three receivers out there. But I will say it's it's you should point out that Wide receiver, I mean, offense was a bigger need than people think. I, I think, you know, it's easy to say, well, they were the number one ranked offense. But when the games really mattered, the offense sucked at times. And and they, they didn't score a touchdown in Philly. They didn't score a touchdown in New England. They didn't score a touchdown uh, in, against Buffalo until the very end tra- in garbage time. So against the good defenses, they didn't play well at all. And so I think that there was a big need for offense more than than, pe- than the stats would suggest. You know, if I had one of those ding buttons that they use on that show around the horn, I would give you a lot of dings right there because that was a great point. It's serious is a great point. I was having that conversation with someone after the draft and they were asking me what I thought of the pick. And I was like, as much as people think this offense is solidified, the fact is you look at a third wide receiver in the NFL and you look at third wide receiver for the Cowboys, they needed a third wide receiver, number one. They also needed a playmaker because you're right. Mm -hmm. There were games this year where their best playmaker, uh, at least as the receivers are concerned, where he didn't quite show up and give you what you needed. They need another, yeah, they needed another receiver. And they, uh, to get one of this caliber, I think it was a, definitely a need pick. This was the, the rare occasion where need um, and, and, uh, and, and quality of the pick both coincide. Right. Yeah, That's I why was... you're going to see C.D. Lamb starting every away game instead of Amari Cooper. (laughs) That's who they're going to plug in there when Amari Cooper goes on the road. I was, I think, you know, I I would guess like 95% of people are on board with this pick, but for the people that were absolutely convinced that they needed to draft a defender, yeah, like I'm I'm with y'all. I'm shocked at the number of people who didn't see receiver as a huge need. Like they didn't have one, period. Cedric Wilson was your starting slot, which, like, no disrespect to him, he's caught five passes in his career. Um, I thought it was a huge need, and what a what an absurd value. I don't think it. I don't really think it affects Michael Gallup. I would assume Gallup is still going to be your starting Z receiver. I pulled this up just for you, Derek. Uh, they ran 
They ran 61% of their plays with 11 personnel, and that was with Jason Garrett, who is obsessed with 13 personnel. So I would imagine it's going <laughs> to go up a He does like bit. 13. <laughs> so I think you can see the Cowboys running 11 personnel anywhere between 60 and, I don't know, 65 66% of their snaps. There's plenty of snaps to go around for, for all three of the big receivers. You know what I really like about these highlights we're seeing with with Lamb is is he just he, after the catch he's so good. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Terrell Owens in in that you know just catching the ball, get him in open field, breaking tackles. This is probably the best one against Kansas State here, where you know he's just going to make sure that he scores a touchdown and he's not going to stop. I mean that that is a good sign of a great punt returner as well. Just seeing the field and making people miss. I think I think he's going to be a dynamic player because you don't see that a lot with Gallup and Cooper breaking a lot of tackles in the open field like that. Yeah, I would I would I told someone uh, that if they wanted to get an idea of how good C.D. Lamb is, not to say Texas had a good secondary, but go watch that Texas L- I mean, that Texas um, Oklahoma game last year, and there were times when Texas had two guys on him, and he just would split them. Uh, there was one play I remember. It was a touchdown. He caught the ball. There's no reason why he should not have been tackled. He was surrounded by defenders, and mm-hmm. somehow he made his way out of that and was sprinting toward the end zone. And, again, it's not to say the Texas is great, but certainly that's an indication of what he's been doing to a lot of teams in college football over the last couple of years. This was not just against Texas. He's done that to a lot of teams. I was going to say, there's even you know there's some critics that say he did most of it against Big 12 defenses, which don't have a great rep. He's done it against everybody they've played. Uh, he was exactly. the only, he was the only member of Oklahoma's team that had a good day against LSU. I think he had 120 yep. yards. He's done it against basically everyone. I'm not, I'm not worried about consistency with him. And he yes, had the most. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, he just had the most ridiculous catch I think in that LSU game. I, I don't. Yep. It's not in this highlight package, but it's one of the the, the better plays i think you know that i've seen all of last year just going up and getting the football concentration and everything he can do it all talk about the wide receiver position beyond uh those top three guys do you think the cowboys need to do more are you satisfied with the amount of depth they have there you know at this point after you get to those three you're looking at you know special teams guys maybe and some development i think they're in good shape um because they, they do have some younger guys that, that they like, that they you know have held on to, they, they want to develop. Um, for some reason, I can't think of their names right now. So I, I can't, I mean, <laughs> C- Cedric Wilson, that's the only one I can think of. John Bay Johnson. John Bay Johnson's still around. Who am I missing here? <laughs> Noah Brown is still hanging around. Uh, oh, why? Yeah. That's my oh. question. I, no, 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 no. And again, this is not a personal attack. No, listen, this is not a personal attack on Noah Brown. This is more of a situation where I personally believe Noah Brown was a Garrett pet cat. I would be shocked if he doesn't have a good camp. I would be shocked if he sticks around beyond training camp for this team. No, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Yeah, he was drafted by he was drafted by the last staff Um, to answer your question. I've always said he's got a body type that they don't have a lot of on this receiver core. He's a big bodied guy which helps in blocking and also the type of, you know, the type of receiver you can play. He's, I hate to compare him to Dez, but he's, you know, that guy that can go box out a DB like Dez used to do. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, if he's healthy, which, honestly, I haven't talked to Noah since, like, last December, but 
if he's healthy, yeah, he needs to have a good camp. Uh, Devin Smith is another one. Obviously, he's still. He is, around. in my opinion, he's the best of those guys that are left. I think. Yeah, I would say. I mean, Devin Smith is the best combination of talent and actual NFL production. I mean, injuries have really hampered his career, but he has had good games in the NFL, including last season. Um, I can't knock their draft class because they got such absurd value at all their picks. But I was kind of hoping they would double up at receiver. Uh, there were a yeah. couple guys hanging around there on day three. James Perkins out of SMU and yep. um, K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. They were there late, late in the draft. I was kind of hoping that they would take one of them. But well, like they I got said, you a couple of non-drafted guys. Yeah, which, you know, we'll see what they can do. Uh, I can't think of their names right now. I know they got a guy out of, like, Rhode Island, I think. Parker. Um, so. Let's see. You got Kendrick's, Kendrick Rogers from Texas A&M, and then oh, yeah. Aaron Parker from Rhode Island. I can't even talk. Stephen Gerd Guidry. Guidry. <laughs> Mississippi State. Probably Guidry. Something like that. But they got three guys. I don't love the depth behind the top three, but I like the top three enough that I'm not super worried about it. Hopefully they all stay healthy. Not Dave. Too. Who's Tevin Jones? Who? Tevin Jones. He's on the roster. <laughs> oh, my dude. I don't, damn. I don't know. I'm, sp- I'm supposed to cover this team. Who? 6'2". Six, six <laughs> hey, 6'2", 225 from Memphis. Is he an undrafted guy? No, he was a – I think he was a guy they signed after the season. Oh, like he a, was a futures guy. Futures, wow, yeah. yeah. That, one, that went completely under my radar. Oh, hey, I mean – Devin Smith was a futures contract last year, so every now and then those guys they sign in January will show you something when they finally get to training camp. I would not have been able to tell you that he was on the team, so thank you for educating me. Well, it's funny because you said they don't have a guy, a lot of guys that look like Noah Brown. They have the exact same measurables at 6'2", 225. So, Bring it on. Let's go. Yeah, and then you got, you got Vintel Bryant, not sure what his – uh, future will be, but he was one of their better special teams players uh, last year. So, yeah, I think we'll find out a lot about what this uh, what this new coaching staff values uh, at a lot of these positions because the position that we'll talk about next, and actually we're going to take a break before we get into it, but the position we're going to talk about next, cornerback. There's been a lot of change over the last week and a half with regards to this position, and uh, and I'm and I think it's becoming very apparent to everyone that this coaching staff values a specific characteristic or specific set of characteristics uh, that maybe they didn't have on this team before. And we're going to talk about what that means for the guys who were here from last year, as well as the guys they brought in. We'll do all that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, It's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. 
based on GWS1 score September 2019. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break here at the cowboys we can't wait to get back on the field and we know you can't wait to pack at&t stadium to cheer us on when the time comes seat geek is the place to get all your cowboys tickets plus tickets to the hundreds of games concerts rodeos and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon every seat geek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. The break. Got my normal crew here, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, Nick Eatman. We're talking Cowboys football, talking about the draft. In the first segment, we talked about the wide receiver position and the drafting of C.D. Lamb. <coughs> Excuse me. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the cornerback position. Cowboys make their second round pick at pick 51. Trayvon Diggs. And then also in the fourth round, they draft Reggie Robinson at pick number 123. My question for you guys is, what are the knocks on these two players uh, that made them available at 51 and at 123? Dave, let's start with you. I think inconsistency, probably. Uh, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, like we always joke about, like the getting off the bus guy. Trayvon Diggs is a getting off the bus guy. He's like, I mean, he's 6'1", 205, whatever his weight. Like, he is a physically impressive dude. His technique doesn't always reflect that. Uh, you know, I, you know, he's going to need to work on his mechanics and his fluidity and his ball tracking skills, but he's got the, the athleticism and the build to do it. I think that's why they were so enamored with him. Like, they talk about him and Reggie Robinson both, actually, their ability to play press man track the ball despite having your back to the quarterback for the entire rep which is something we've seen Cowboys defensive backs have a problem with um I would say like inconsistencies in their technique are probably why they fell although I would I would say I mean Diggs probably went right where he was supposed to at the end of the day so I think it all worked out for the best but I think they're really impressed with their ability to uh to play man coverage Nick yeah, I mean, they had a high second-round grade on him, and 
you know, he he goes 18th in the second round. So yeah, I mean, I thought it was somewhat a, a, of a steal, but you know, he's he's probably has issues, you know, going up against some really great wide receivers. I mean, there are some good ones in the SEC. Uh, we're seeing some highlights here against Duke, but when he goes up against the SEC, you know, the, the, there's a lot of guys in, in the league there. So, um, you know, I bet you coverage is it inconsistency, but that's going to be the case, you know, uh, with, with a lot of these guys. But I think he's got really good size, and you're seeing some tackling ability out of him, not afraid to mix it up, which is good. Amber? Honestly, um, don't ask me how these guys fell into anywhere in the draft because this was all like a surprise to me. I, I It was surprising to see, in a way, to see that the Cowboys did go for him on the second round because after seeing the first round pick, I was like, oh boy, they, they, they are going to go ahead and get a little too cute in the second round and not really draft for what is needed. So this guy, I think he, he did end up in the spot that he was supposed to be. And I like that he has the ability to get the ball. You know, he has good hands. And that is one of the top qualities that I was looking at for some of these guys when it comes to uh, the secondary. Guys that have good hands and can catch the ball and intercept the ball. So this guy had, I believe, three interceptions last year. And at least that's something I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Um, I don't know much about position flex as far as like is this one of the guys we'll be talking about later on about maybe switching to safety i don't know how he would do there but um i think it was a good pick for the cowboys do you think Dix comes in and immediately becomes the starter at cornerback or one of the two starters at cornerback i I don't think so not i don't Uh, think so just because of the nature of the position i mean we just went through this uh, three years ago, Cheeto was pick 60, so it's a comparable pick to number 51. It's a similar level of talent. Maybe Diggs has a little bit uh, of a better draft grade, but it's close. And, I, I mean, Cheeto dealt with injury problems, but he didn't step right in and take that job right away. You've got three guys that have played a lot of NFL football ahead of him. I lean toward thinking he will be like a utility guy, which I'm honestly – really excited about you know the word on the street is that Diggs is going to wear 31 and I don't want to compare their games but like he's got you know there's some comparables there with Byron in the sense that this guy has 33 inch arms which go go watch the tape it's fun to see the way that he uses his length to bail him out so if you want this guy to help you cover tight ends and maybe just kind of be an all-around utility defensive back until he can claim a starting job I'm not mad about that at all. It's interesting. The Cowboys... Nick, did you have something on that? No, I'm just watching. It's just probably going to be a penalty right here against Arkansas. It's probably a face mask. But for the most part, no. No, I, I, I thought... I think the Byron Jones... The This is not good right here. Um, the Byron Jones... <laughs> At least it wasn't John Steven that threw that interception there. Um, Byron Jones' comparison is very good. I like that. And I like the fact that he's got some punt return ability as well. So maybe it doesn't go to C.D. Lamb. But uh, I think I think Lamb with the ball is a little bit better than this guy. But, you know, that's a couple times in a row we've seen, you know, he just goes straight up the field scoring touchdowns. Anytime you're drafting a, a defensive back that's got some touchdowns on his highlight reel is pretty good. 
But look at yeah. those legs. Like, look how fast he is. That's another thing that I like from him. He 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 can move. He has so much, so much mobility, and he can just react quick and go for it. You know, he you don't see him hesitating too much, and he's fast. You know, Derek. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to point out. I'm, I'm probably switching gears, though. I, I point out that you know they got those two guys, and then they just have agreed to terms with a veteran right now in Daryl Worley. So uh, they, they're adding a lot of cornerback depth in the last three or four days. Yeah, and it seems like there's a there's a consistent thing there too. It, they're 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 big, they're they're long, um, and and particularly with Diggs and with Reggie Robinson. Uh, the scouting report on them says that they're guys that play again, play well in man coverage, press man coverage, uh, and are they attack the ball. Uh, you look at Diggs. Diggs a former wide receiver, and uh, and they say he plays like a wide receiver type mentality when the ball is in the air. So it looks like they are looking for a specific type of cornerback. Uh, and so my question for you guys is, what does that mean for those guys like uh, like Cheeto Wuzier who's been here and Anthony Brown who's been here? And, uh, and maybe even Jordan Lewis, who's been here, who may not be that exact same type of cornerback as some of these guys they're bringing in. It's hard I've... not to notice that all three of these guys, the two draft picks and then Worley, have an awfully similar makeup to Al Harris, uh, who yeah. is you know the new DB's coach, was a great man corner during his NFL career. So it's not surprising. And yeah, I mean... It's hard not to think that maybe some writings on the wall, not necessarily for 2020, uh, but when you're starting to think about contract extensions and stuff like that, it's it's hard not to wonder where the future lies for Jordan and Cheeto, for sure. Both but, those guys uh, were up this year, right? Yep. They'll After be up in 2021, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think you could see that throughout the, the draft. The Cowboys were drafting uh, players that, that will be – you know, position needs next year uh, with some free agency. But I, I guarantee you, every coach in the world, no matter what kind of uh, prototype that they prefer, they're going to take the playmaker. And Jordan Lewis has proven that he can make plays. Um, now, Cheeto needs to prove that, you know, more than he has done. But but Jordan, I think, is, is the best playmaker they've got in the secondary. So uh, while he may not be, you know, as tall and long and, and have the length, he does make up for it with, with making plays, and, and I think every coach will appreciate that. So that will probably help him get on the field for sure. McCarthy mentioned in, a, in his press conference that some of the cornerbacks have some position flex um, and could play safety. Cowboys did not uh, select a safety in the draft. Um, is there a need, you think, at this point to maybe move one of those cornerbacks to safety? Um, and also, who do you think would be the best candidate to do that based upon the guys that they have on the team and the guys that they drafted? I don't Cheeto, maybe? I mean, maybe Cheeto, but this is a really big year for him uh, going into free agency. I don't know if – I mean, he wouldn't have his hand up to say, yeah, let, let me move positions, but that may not be his choice. But I think he, he's the guy that has has the most experience doing it. Um, I don't know about Worley. I don't know if he's done it. Um, I don't know much about him right now. I'm actually – I'm looking – I mean, Cheeto, Cheeto did it some in college. I'm looking to see – if I can find how many games he played at safety, I don't have it on. T- but I know, I mean, I know he did it. That was part of his scouting report. So he's the name that comes to mind. One, again, because they're bringing in all these cornerbacks that seem to fit what the new coaching staff wants. Two, because he's done it. But then Jerry Jones, 
in the post-draft press conference, name-dropped Reggie Robinson as a guy that they think can do it. Um, I would be willing to bet Diggs could do it too, but I don't know why you would want to do that with a guy you just drafted in the top 50. Uh, me, personally, I don't, I don't love it because I hate it. Like, when I feel really good about my depth at a position, I hate it when people try to take my depth away. Like, I want all the good cornerbacks let me just let me have some awesome depth and not try to thin my position out having said that you know if they've agreed to terms with daryl worley i think that gives you like seven decent options at cornerback so if he's in the mix you could convince me to move somebody to safety and maybe it's not as bad of an idea but just in general i'd rather have depth than just be moving people for the sake of it i mean because can you name four safeties right now on the team I mean, you got two starters in HaHa and uh, Xavier Woods. They signed Darian Thompson to be their, you know, their third guy, and then you I still have Donovan Wilson. Uh, by no means, and I am I saying it's great, but they've got four, three of whom have started and you know played well. So yeah, it's not. It's not. I always awful. forget Darian Thompson. I don't know why. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah he is. He's he's not a bad third guy at all. Um, right. Which, yeah, I mean, you I'm, would, I'm, I'm Oh, sorry, go ahead, Derek. No, go ahead, go ahead. I just, I don't want to move Reggie, I don't want to move Robinson. Like, you just drafted him to help you replenish the cornerback depth chart. I mean, if he's as good as they hope he is, I would hope he's a cornerback of the future. Uh, same thing with Diggs, you know, get him working at the position that you drafted him to play. So, if I was going to move somebody, it would probably be Cheeto, because one, he's done it before, and two... You don't know what his long-term future with the right. team is. Right. You right. you would hate you're right. You would hate to have Robinson working at both, working at safety, not having great development. And then Cheeto and and uh, you know, Jordan Lewis are gone next year and they're trying to move Reggie Robinson back to corner and it's like, well, he's almost like a rookie again. So I, I agree with that point with Dave. You know, if this is where you think he's gonna be, this is where he should probably play. Think about how better Byron Jones could have been if they weren't moving him around to safety the first couple of years. I feel like we see this a lot where before the season starts or even training camp, we feel great about a depth in a certain position. Mm -hmm. And then as you start going on, you know, as you start moving, eventually it starts like thinning out and you start noticing those players that you thought could play really well. And then turns out that they really are not stepping up. An example, you could talk about Cheeto, like... I thought he was going to have a great year last year, and he didn't. He, he started, you know, going backwards a little bit. So I I am hesitant when you they start mentioning those possibilities of moving some of these guys to safety if they wanted to. But it, I, I am giving up. I do not care about the safety position anymore because <laughs> I realize... No. I realize that if they don't care about it, why should I care about it so much? Why am I stressing out about this position when they are not? So Next year's I am the year, over. AG. Next year they're going to do it. I promise. <laughs> it's gonna be Maybe next year. next year. I'll start caring again next year. Is that when Jamal Adams is going to be a free agent? Is that why you're saying next year? No. No, I'm, I agree with her 100%. Like, I'm, I'm writing off that position until they prove me wrong. That's like all through... The draft process, people talking about Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney, and I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? You know they're not going to I did it. it. I did that to myself. You can't. You got to learn. 
you got to learn from what they tell you, which is every year they're just like, <laughs> eh, we don't care. And next, you know. Well, that's that's a little unfair this year because I don't think it was a situation where they just didn't want safety. I think they followed their board, which if you, no, 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 I think no, no, we no, all no, agree no, no. that. Okay. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm. I honestly, I think it worked out fine. And honestly. Again, I, you know, I, I feel good or at least fine about what the duo of HaHa ha and, uh, and Xavier Woods can do. And, you know, you got to give them some credit. I mean, $5 million on a veteran safety is way more than they've done in recent memory. Uh, you know, Clinton Dix, is, he's, he's, not, um, he's not Jamal Adams, but he's been to a Pro Bowl in his career. This is a better safety signing than we're used to. And I feel like, you know, they probably think, they can just add another guy like him next year, whether it's re-signing him or Xavier Woods or another veteran. I just think it's kind of like nose tackle. They just think that they can keep churning that without spending major resources, which I disagree with, but they've done a better job of it this year than in past years. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if they necessarily need to move a cornerback. Like you said, they have four safeties on the roster right now. I think everybody's kind of excited to see what Donovan Wilson can do because he showed some flashes last year during the preseason, uh, and he's your fourth guy. So really it's more a matter of is there a cornerback that you can prepare so that in the event you get into the season and you start getting some injuries at the safety position, you can flip him over. I agree with you guys. I think Cheeto would be the natural, uh, the natural fit there. But you don't necessarily have to move him. You just have to get him ready so that he can take over in the event that you have some injuries and you're going to have to do something different. All right, I think we're going to go ahead and take another early break here. Uh, before we jump into uh, well, the can third I, round. Can I ask something real quick? Sure, absolutely. Well, since we're talking about that, what would be y'all's thought about maybe Jordan Lewis being put in that position to where now you're trying to keep your best players on the field? And Jordan Lewis is definitely a playmaker. playmaker. So if you have some of these guys that you rather have at the corner position, what are your thoughts on maybe having him at safety? You don't see a lot of safeties at that size. Um, he's got to be able to come up and tackle. Uh, that's just, you know, you wonder about the wear and tear on his body if he has to go and, and, and make some tackles in the open field and, and, and stop the run and get, you know, hit by guards and, and you know, tackles that are pulling. So uh, that's just not a prototype you see a lot uh, at the safety position. That doesn't mean he couldn't do it at times. I just. But it seems like he hasn't been the prototype to begin with anyways you know he's he's a slot corner i mean that that's that's where those guys fit but but you're right he makes plays um he needs to be on the field and and and, you know i think mike nolan is creative enough to figure out ways to do that and and it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to play safety at all all positions but i think there you know we we saw against the 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 saints where he was shadowing kamara you know he can do some different things you have to be creative with him but i i think he's worthy enough to do that i don't know if it's safety all the time but it's somewhere in that nickel package for sure yeah i, I just i don't ever bring it up because i as far as i know he's he's never done that that's not to say that he couldn't or wouldn't uh he just you know you're just trying to fit puzzle pieces together and he doesn't have that on his resume uh I'm in favor of anything that gives him a chance to get on the field. I hope that this new staff doesn't write him off because he doesn't look like what they want him to look like. Um, I think that kind of happened to him when Chris Richard came in. You know, Nick said it earlier, like, he's one of the only guys in the back seven with, like, proven ball skills and a proven track record of making plays. So 
whether it's safety, nickelback, cornerback, I don't really care. I just hope he gets a fair shake when, you know, when this team finally gets on the field. Yeah, my fear with that, Dave, is I, I think he's going to be uh, not, the nece- not to say that he won't necessarily get a fair shake, but just reading the tea leaves of the types of guys they're bringing in now, I think he certainly is going to have to be better. Uh, I don't. That, that doesn't mean he's not going to get a fair shake. It just means he's got to be clearly better than it, the types of cornerbacks in there, that they are looking at. Um, and he's got to be clearly better from the standpoint of how they look at him future-wise as well because they may look at it and say, hey, these other guys we think have greater potential. We want to get them more opportunities uh, because we want to develop them a little faster because next year we want them to be starting. So I think he's got to be – this is a year when he's going to have to play really, really well, and certainly during training camp, whenever they're back on the field with the coaches, he's going to have to play really, really well in order to get their attention because this position that was a position that was kind of thin – has now got a lot of bodies, and and it's going to be hard. But these guys are going to have to differentiate themselves if they want to figure out if they want to be one of the starters or one of the guys that's playing in the top three. So we'll go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Neville Gallimore, third-round pick from Oklahoma, defensive tackle, and uh, maybe even get into a little bit on uh, Tyler Biotish, uh, who is the center that was also selected in the fourth. That was selected in the fourth round. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too important? It's right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to the break. All right, Dave, this one is for you. You ever dreamed of being a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader? This may be your year to make the team. For the first time ever, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders will be hosting online editions with a simple application and video submission. This is the chance of a lifetime to pursue your dream to perform in the NFL from the convenience of your own home. Online editions open May 2nd at DallasCowboysCheerleaders.com. 
All right, I got Hell a great yeah. idea, Nick. Why don't we uh, sometime in the next few weeks on our show give Dave an opportunity, 30 seconds, to give us his best dance routine uh, to audition for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. What do you think, Dave? Can I use Thunderstruck as my music? Yes, you can. Absolutely. You, you better you better get used to it because I think yeah. they're going to continue the tradition for the 38th year in a row. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that for sure. For those of you that don't know, though, like Dave's got a little swag to him. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think you look at him, you think maybe not. Dave's got a little, he can move a little bit. He's got a little yeah. bit to it. He's got a little it won't be it. it won't be the worst one. Hey, if, if you submit it, it won't be the worst one they have. I guarantee you that. Does Dave have swag or does Dave just not care how stupid he looks? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. I just know that you don't me. you don't look like an idiot when you're trying to dance. So I think it it might hey, actually no. work. We might actually get some some good stuff from him. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. What would Broadus say wow. to that answer? What would you don't look like what? an idiot when you dance. What would Broadus say to that? You don't look like an idiot when you dance. Would he agree? Uh, ah. I'd say Mark B on your Scantron for false. <laughs> <laughs> Better question hey. is what would Brad Sham say about that question? Oh. <laughs> that's a, All right, we're going to move a, on. We're going to move on. That's a lemonade conversation. <laughs> that is a lemonade conversation. All right, let's talk Speaking a little bit about Neville Gallimore. Um, he was a third-round pick for the Cowboys at pick 82. Talk to me about his greatest assets, his greatest weaknesses. Tell me a little bit about him. Give me a scouting report on this Gallimore guy from Oklahoma. He's big. He's, he's like stuffs the middle. Uh, he's not getting pushed back. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of, I mean, if you just, all you have to do is look at the kind of guys they have signed this year in free agency at defensive tackle. They're trying to get a different prototype there. He fits it. And, and you know, I, I, I know this, that when they drafted Diggs, they did not – they weren't true to their board because Gallimore was rated higher than that. Uh, they went with need. It wasn't that much higher, but it was a little bit higher. But then when they got to the third round, they said, wait a second, we got it. I mean, here's this guy sitting here. Um, he, he, you know, and he would be a guy that if you look at Poe and McCoy, they're not long-term fixes here. So I think it's just a good fit all the way around. I'll take the words right out of Will McClay's mouth. Cause he told us, uh, a guy like a guy that size shouldn't be able to move that well. You know, he he surprised a lot of people with his forty time at the combine, and Will basically said, you know, when a guy that's playing defensive tackle can move like that and get after the quarterback like that, uh, it makes your defense a lot better. And he mentioned his uh, his reactive athleticism as well, which, yeah, your ability to change directions quickly, react to things quickly, makes you valuable at any position on defense, let alone you know, the one that people typically associate with big slow guys. So I think they were really impressed by having such a twitchy athlete play in that position. And and I'll make a prediction there. Uh, this, is a, this is a bold prediction, but Neville Gall- Gallimore will play some offense next year. In, in a, a, a package, a play. What about Poe? What about yeah, Poe? Poe's that same about- kind of guy, right? He's done it. Okay, well, he's lost a, a step or, or two, and I, I think Gallimore will be the guy that, that does that. I bet, okay. he, I bet he plays uh, one snap of offense. I just think I'm we're, we're going to have some changes like that. We're going to have a little fun creativity that maybe the coach before didn't do too much of. I'm here for it. I love that idea. Let's, uh, let's talk about what that pick means, though, for Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill was a guy that uh, the Cowboys drafted last year, second round. Uh, by all accounts, 
didn't really uh, live up to what the expectations would have been for him in his first year. There were games, many games, that he was actually inactive for. So he didn't even work into the rotation. What do you think this says about what this coaching staff thinks of, of Tristan Hill? Or does it say anything about that? I'll say this. If, if anybody wants to talk bad about this draft, they can just use that card. All you have to pull out is the Tristan Hill card. Well, they picked him in the second round. So let's be careful of, of how we get you know too excited about players, which is true. Uh, what does it mean for him? I, I just think he's going to be battling for playing time again. If Antoine Woods comes back and signs his tender and like he's expected to do, you know, there, there's four tackles with Gallimore. Um, you know, is he going to be better than Gallimore? That's that's going to be the key. But I was really hoping he would have a full off season in the weight room uh, with the strength and conditioning coach to get better and stronger. He still could be doing that, but you know, you you, you wonder about the structure for all those young players. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious what this might mean for Tristan Hill because, I mean, right now, I don't want to read too much into anything because I don't think that defensive tackle depth chart is filled out. Uh, Nick mentioned Antoine Woods. Christian Covington was a guy that I thought they might sign after the draft, but he went to Denver instead. Um, So I think one way or another, they've still got to add a body there. I think, you know, they have Justin Hamilton, who they brought in. But really, they've only got, I think they've got, Five right now, which you'd probably like to see more, uh, especially for a training camp roster. Um, so right now, I don't want to read too much into it, but if they bring in a veteran, if Woods comes back, Tristan Hill needs to have a good training camp. I mean, again, he's he's the last staff's pick, and he was not impressive when he was their pet cat, let alone this staff that might not think the world of him at all. So... Yeah, I mean, hopefully he's having a productive offseason because I think he's going to need to perform uh, when this team finally starts practicing. Where do you think Gallimore fits best, three technique or one technique? For a guy I, that moves I like think that. He, I, I, I bet he could play. Uh, I mean, I, I think he can play both three for sure, but I want him penetrating. If he can move. Uh, if he can move like that and get after the quarterback the way that they think he can, I want to put him in the position where he has a chance to do that. But I do think he can play both. Yeah, I, I could see him being the backup to Gerald McCoy there uh, and, and Poe playing the, the one technique and maybe Antoine Woods um, is the backup there. Even though, you know, as big as Antoine is and looks, it fills out that 99 jersey. And with this, with this staff and the, and their and what they like on the tackles, he's actually undersized for I think the the way that they want to play. But um, you know, there's been a lot of questions about him. He's an exclusive rights free agent. They gave him a tender. He hasn't signed it. He doesn't have much leverage. If he wants to play football, he'll probably have to sign it and play. And you know, I would imagine he's on the Cowboys if if he makes the team. But, but um, and- there's there's a lot of fans that keep asking about this because it's. He just hasn't signed his tender yet. Well, I also, I mean, and I don't want to, I don't want to, what's the word, speculate too much, but I mean, do they want him back? Like, is it simply he hasn't signed it or like they haven't offered him the tender to be signed? No, they, they've issued the tender. They have, I had to ask that question. He has, he has issued the tender, but he told me one time, long time ago, like in February, when we were actually up there at the uh, 
training table. He said he wanted a long-term deal. He's looking for like a three-year, $10 million deal. He told me that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. He's looking for a deal. I don't think the Cowboys are interested in doing that, obviously. And yeah. um, so I think there's a little bit of issue there. Nobody in the NFL has less leverage than an exclusive rights free agent. So right, right. Sorry, buddy. He'll be back. Tell you. And as yeah. you guys just said, I mean, he they need bodies at that position. I don't think that they're finished filling out that position. They're going to need. You would think they would need him to play this year, um, and he doesn't really have the leverage to go anywhere else if the Cowboys want his services at the price of the exclusive right tender. So, I, I, to me, it seems like it's a no-brainer that he's going to be here if he wants to play football. Yeah, and I don't know what you know what I'm missing here, but I I think he's a good player. I do. I I like his his size. I think he plays hard. He's played through injuries. He's tough. Uh, you know, he just kind of has this attitude that I, he plays with that. You know, D. Law has trained him well. He he plays in that hot boy attitude, and I think that he, there's a good fit for him. And if he was my third or fourth tackle, that that wouldn't be bad for me. I don't have a problem bringing him back. I, if anything, I thought maybe the new coaches were not particularly enamored because again, I mean, they go out and sign Dontari Poe, who is the opposite of Antoine Woods. I mean. I think he's a good player, but there's no way around the fact that he's an undersized nose tackle. Um, mm-hmm. So my thought process was that maybe they would want a bigger guy, but if they want to bring back Antoine Woods, they I got one. No problem. Yeah, they did. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, but as Nick said, if he is your third or fourth guy at defensive tackle, I love that. Like maybe you don't love him as your starter. But as a depth guy, a guy that's going to rotate, I love that. I love bringing in a guy with that kind of energy uh, to be able to come in and, and spell my my starter. So I, I I really like that, and I hope that they all that he uh, signs his tender and gets back because I think he can be a real asset to this team with the current construct of what they have at defensive tackle. All right, let's move on. And talk a little bit real quickly about Tyler Biotis, who was the fourth fourth round pick, pick number one forty six for the Cowboys center out of Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, the the big comparison here is that he's out of Wisconsin. Travis Frederick retires. Uh, he is also a center out of Wisconsin. Talk to me about just the uh, the the nature of what's happening right now, the center position, and who the players are at this point uh, that are in line to possibly replace Tyler Frederick, and maybe where Tyler Biotish fits into that. Travis Frederick. Yeah, I was Travis like, Frederick, what? Sorry. That just did not did sound right. What I say, Tyler. Tyler Biotis. Well, Travis no, Frederick. Travis Frederick. Tyler Biotis. Yes, go. Um, you know, I think that that, that they cover themselves when they sign Joe Looney. If if they no one is better than Joe Looney, then that's going to be your center next year. And I think he, he's proven that that can be pretty good. But um, you could always get better. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of teams that were knocking on his door that wanted him to be their starting center. So. Um, I think that if if you know Biadish is it can come in and, and you also forget Connor McGovern it will, will should be able to compete there so they've got options uh, at center and someone's got to beat out Joe Looney so I think that's a good bar if if you can get over that then th- they'll be better on offense. Yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated by the way this is all going to pan out because it seems like there's a lot of moving parts before they drafted Biadish. Uh, They said it was going to be between Looney and the two Connors. That means that they expected Connor Williams to at least have some kind of role in this competition. Do they still expect that to be the case, or do they insert Tyler Biotish into the conversation and let Connor worry about that? Or conceivably, 
if Connor Williams can't beat out Connor McGovern at left guard, do you consider him as a possibility at swing tackle? Because if you're looking for ways to knock this draft class, they didn't really address that problem at, at uh, offensive tackle. Again, for the value they got everywhere else, I'm not mad about it, but that's still a fact. Um, so I'm curious to see how all this shakes out. I think it's probably a mistake to just assume Tyler Biotish is going to like plug into the starting lineup. That doesn't mean that he can't, but I hope people aren't expecting the same day one success as Travis Frederick just because they went to the same school. Is Joe Looney sufficient as your as your center? Do you feel good about him if he is your center? If he's not my center, that means somebody else played way better than him, in which in case, like, I feel great about that, but... I expect Joe Looney to win the job, and I think I think they'll be just fine. But again, if somebody plays out of their minds and takes the job away from them, then that means that the competition worked the way it's supposed to. Dave, Amber, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys, that I haven't been participating so much, but my audio is all screwed up, and I keep hearing like cuts in and out, but. I see that you guys are talking about the center position because I see Joe Looney up there. So um, I'm, a, I'm curious to see everything that happens here. Uh, I did hear Dave said and talk about a lot of moving parts happening here and then mentioning all these other guys prior to drafting the center guy as to possible players that could go into the center position if needed. I am curious to see what they do with, with Connor Williams and Connor McGovern, who, to be honest, last time I saw him at the facility towards the end of the year, he still seemed very, I, I don't want to call him weak, but just he, he didn't have the body that you would want an offensive lineman to have, you know? He, to me, still lacks a lot of strength just based off looks because we haven't seen much of him since he was out all last year because of the pectoral injury that he got. So I'm just very, very concerned about this offseason and how that's going to pan out for the class from last year, you know, as far as putting on weight and, and strength. And you talked about Tristan Hill, too, in the pre in the earlier segment. So these guys that did not have a successful year last year, I, I, it makes me wonder how much this whole situation with the virus and us not being to, able to go to the facility just yet, how that's going to play a role into the development of these younger players and what they're going to be able to do this next year. All the more reason why I'm putting my money on Joe Looney to win the job. You know, and also don't forget that, you know, when Joe Looney was uh, the starting center a couple years ago, you know, he had played some in training camp because Travis was, was injured, but all offseason, Travis was, was healthy. So, you know, unlike that year, this off offseason, which let me just scratch that because this offseason is not like any offseason in the history of football. So um, it's going to be different, but I'm just saying his mindset as the starter, he will go into the season as the starter and someone has to knock him off as opposed to, hey, Joe, did you hear what happened to Travis? You're the starter now. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested. <laughs> I'm actually interested in, in one of these Amber mentioned, 
with this uh, with the, the the fact that the team hasn't been 